0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Nicola Talent of the Sunday World has her latest book out. Nicola, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. So Clash of the Clans is the story of how organized crime infiltrated boxing. And it's fascinating.
2: Yeah, it's a story really that brings us back to, um, you know, the last few decades in Dublin and the emergence of a gang of street dealers who went on basically to become the Irish Mafia based in Spain and uh, how its head It's the, the head of the mob, Daniel Kinnan, how he infiltrated the boxing world. You know, we hear a lot of stories about Tyson Fury and he's calling him out and thanking him for organising these massive big boxing bouts and it's really how he got there and, um, you know, coupled with the, the story of the the, the Hutch and Kennehan feud and how that really exposed him um, for his, uh, his links to criminality.
1: Story opens with you on a plane and you spot <laughs> one of these guys on the same plane and he knows you and you know him and th- that first bit reads, it's a nervous read.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, that was an extremely important moment in in this whole story. And it was after the murder of Gary Hutch in Spain in September of 2015. And I was flying out to cover the story and basically um, sitting, waiting for the early flight in Dublin airport. I just got an uneasy sense and turned around and locked eyes with Daniel Kinahan, who was boarding the same flight. Now, he was in the business class and i was in economy so that's drug money for you isn't it um but it was a it was a strange kind of a a moment a sort of a sliding doors moment for me anyway that uh, we were both traveling on the same plane i was going out to investigate what had happened and which at the heart of it really was this internal feuding that had broken out within the gang and which resulted in, in the Ginnahan Hodge feud, which has, has been, you know, a very significant time in
1: Irish criminal history. How did boxing get roped into all of this?
2: Well, boxing has always had a bit of a whiff of sulphur to it. There's been, you know, going back through the ages, the mob were always interested in boxing. It's a sport which is, you know, very tied into working-class communities and um, criminals have, over the years... Uh, you know, loved the sport, and have it's always been a little bit, uh, a little bit of a strange relationship with them. But around 2012 in Spain, Kinahan opened a boxing club, um, which looked small and insignificant at the time. I remember being out there investigating the, the kinahan Mafia and discovering this little building. It looked like an underground car park, really. But as we watched it, we could see very significant figures in organized crime going in and out. It looked a little bit like a hobby to me in the beginning, mm. but it has grown to unimaginable proportions. Um, Kinahan has claimed to have pulled out of it, not be involved. But every now and then there's instances, including when Tyson Fury called him out um as the as the boxing fixer and when major big promoters in the in the US are are openly saying that he's a really good guy and, and they've no problem working with him. Yeah. So it's 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 a fascinating kind of a um two trajectories really that have been going on within the the Kinahan organization. On one side you have the crime, the drugs enterprise and on the other side you've had them sort of legitimizing themselves into this sporting world.
1: Talk to me about the feud. How did it start? Like many of the the, the great feuds of of the criminal underground start from the smallest thing. How did this one start?
2: They do. I mean, I remember there was one in the the west of Ireland involving gangs, and it had started because somebody at a funeral had inadvertently stepped on a grave. I mean, that's how simple these things can be. Uh, Things go out of control. There's no diplomacy, really, in the criminal underworld, and there's always paranoia that exists when there's seizures or arrests and there's always they look for somebody to blame they look for whoever has been touting to the police all the rest of it, and getting information out of the the criminal underworld is difficult in itself because everything comes everything every piece of information you get is loaded there's a reason behind you getting it there's everyone has you know their own agenda but ultimately, I think what happened was a fallout. I think um, Gary Hutch and Daniel Kinnahan were once best friends. They shared a home and everything together, and they had they shared a dream of you know being in control of the Irish mafia. Mm. But I think Kinnahan got bigger than Hutch. They started to fall out over money, over accusations of touting, and it just got completely out of control. And uh, you know, in these cases, when when you're dealing with gangland, they don't solve their disputes in a courtroom um, as we would in, in, in legitimate society. They solve them with guns and through murder. And, um, you know, when Gary Hutch was murdered that time and later his uncle, Jerry the Monk Hutch, was targeted in Lanzarote in and uh, managed to escape what's believed to be an assassination attempt on him, the gloves were off and the two sides the one group split down the middle and the two sides went to war it was particularly dangerous because they all knew one another they all lived cheek to jowl they knew each other's families they had grown up together and you know they had labored and soldiered together within that underworld and it meant that they were coming at this feud with lots of intel on each other and it made for very dangerous times now it has come under control at long last, there's an awful lot of uh, significant players from both organisations in prison. And there's been a huge effort and a huge expense to the state to calm the situation. But, um, you know, it just, like that world, the way it operates, things can blow up in, in a matter of minutes. And when people are killed or when people are targeted, there is no coming back. There's no peace talks. Yeah. There certainly isn't anymore. There used to be a day when, the you know, the leaders would sort of come together and yeah. they'd realise that it's not good for business because back not. of a de-
1: back of a dingy pub and they'd sort something out.
2: They'd sort something out. They talk. Sometimes, you know, there'd be a fine paid, or you know, there would be agreements that one grouping wouldn't go into another's territory and all that. This, but it just seems to have completely evolved into a completely chaotic mm. society now, gangland, and and like it just it just gets worse all it's, the time, I and mean, we we can see it.
1: It's very it's very frightening, and of course, it all came to a head, didn't it, in at the Regency.
2: It sure did. I mean, that really was, uh, you know, an incredible moment. And that was when one grouping decided to go after the the head of the snake. Essentially, that was an attack and a a, a planned attack on Daniel Kinahan. He escaped with his life and one of his uh, lieutenants was murdered. And um, I think really that public attack on his power and on the power of the, the Kinahan mob. And at the time they were I mean they were massive. They controlled an estimated ninety percent of all the drugs and firearms coming into this country. So they essentially needed to regain that control and that power. And they did so in a in a very violent, brutal fashion. Um, Eighteen murders at least are are linked to that yeah. feud. And there was a very, very violent period of time in in, in Dublin when there was one murder after another. There, yeah. It just never seemed to abate. There was cars laid up all over the city, loaded with handguns. And um, you know, there were certainly murder teams ready to move in a in a moment's notice. And it was it was real narco terrorism had come yeah. to this country.
1: It's the kind of thing that Netflix make make series about and make fictional series about, and here it is happening in reality, in our capital city, in order to investigate it and work on it as a journalist, Nicola, you have to get very close. And that particular moment on the plane that we talked about at the start, I'm sure there were many moments like that. Have you ever been afraid as you work on this?
2: Well, aware is probably a better word to use, you know. I mean, unfortunately, Veronica Gearan was was murdered 25, coming up to 26 years ago, and that changed everything for crime journalists like in the mindset that it was no longer, you were no longer felt that you are untouchable, you're just not, I mean these gangs will go for anybody so you have to be very aware all the time what you're dealing with and how to work safely and that means you know, with I won't go into exact details but we would always work in in teams and when on operations, when you're trying to get up close and personal and it's very important to do that, I mean after the, the Kinnahan Mafia were supposedly shut down in twenty ten in Spain by international policing, and that was we were told that in a press conference by Spanish police that they were gone no more. Um they were back up and running within a couple of years. Um, the Spanish legal system didn't seem to have the facilities to, to shut them down. And we went back out to Spain in order to just see what it was like because it's interesting to see from you know a street gang how they're living. What is it that was the lure into that world? And it is a glittering, moneyed. I mean, it's a world where they're surrounded with 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 people protecting them with spotters. And um, they're living in houses. I mean, there was a, one one occasion that we went along to um, a very very nice luxury properties in in Estepona where Christy Kinahan was living and um we were being shown around a couple of properties that were for sale posing actually as drug dealers but um who were all that would have had the money to buy these things at the time but um we you know just seeing that luxury and and you know realizing that at one point Christy Kinnan went into a court here in Ireland when he was caught with heroin um, back in the in the late 1980s and he he told a judge that he did he did a problem himself and he wanted to come off the drugs and he was going to use his time in prison to study and to make better for himself but in actual fact he used that all that he gained within the prison system to go on and to create this mafia and when you looked at this property which was one of many he had at the time and you know the security around it and and just how luxurious it was! It was it was just an irony that, you know, he had used <laughs> really his his uh, incarceration to help him get there. Mm. Um, you know, we like to think that prisons are a place where criminals will can reform, and you know, we we give them opportunities within the prison system to uh, be educated. And of course, we should do that. We want better people to come back into society. But in this case, he had. Uh, he had used the taxpayers' uh, free education to his own advantages.
1: Yeah, listen, it's a fascinating read, and, and you write it like like a novel, which is really fascinating. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, you get really into the depth of the story. Nicola, congratulations on the book called Clash of the Clans. Corks 96FM In-